This is Tech Transforms. I'm Carolyn Ford. Each week, Mark Sinell and I talk with top influencers to explore how the U.S. government is harnessing the power of technology to solve complex challenges and improve our lives. Hi, thanks for joining us on Tech Transforms, a podcast sponsored by Dynatrace. I'm Carolyn Ford, and I'm here with Mark Sinell. Hello, Mark. Hello, Carolyn. So today we're reviewing top takeaways from ATARC's Federal Breakfast Summit, improving the user experience in a zero trust world, which those two things, user experience and zero trust, are kind of a direct conflict for me, but we'll get to that. Um, The conference was sponsored by AWS and Dynatrace, and it's available on demand for our listeners at atarc.org. That's A-T-A-R-C.org. And also, we have Willie Hicks, our federal chief technologist at Dynatrace. And Willie, you were... Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah. So you were a keynote speaker at the event. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it... Am I, I'm too biased to say you were my favorite, so I won't say that. Um, so... He was what, my favorite. I, I know. Well, the stories were so good. I, 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 I had other favorites, but, you know... <laughs> Well, I mean, everybody was really good. Yeah. Jamie was super exciting. <laughs> but, oh, really? uh, well, and you know what? Let me just review who our speakers were. So our keynote speaker around Zero Trust was Grant Schneider. And he's he brought a really interesting perspective because he's former White House. So he was Senior Director of Cybersecurity Services Um And so former federal CISO, and now he's in industry at Venable. And then we had our next keynote around the user experience was the very entertaining Jamie Holcomb. And he's the CIO at U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And then my favorite, Willie, federal chief technology officer here at Dynatrace. And then we had a panel that brought the user experience and zero trust together and you know how we reconcile those two and how they work together and on that panel we had Nicole Willis chief technology officer OIG at US Department of Health and Human Services Jamie came back on the panel we had Mickey Iqbal from he's the public sector solution architect and chief technologist at Amazon Web Services and Willie on the panel. And then we had our moderator, Tom Suter, which he's fantastic. He's been in this business so long that he's, you know, he had a lot of really good insights too. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Now that I've given our listeners the overview of who, who participated, um, first of all, I was thrilled to see that we had a packed room. We had a standing room only And that was really, really nice to see. It was lovely to have people in person and to be able to interact with one another personally. Mm -hmm. So, all right, let's get to the first question. And today, Mark, you're less of a co-host. You're more of a, I want to hear your opinions about, you know, what your takeaways were from that day. So around the user experience and zero trust, what did you have any aha moments? What were your favorite moments? Just talk to me about. Tell me your feelings about the day. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> well, you know, um, from my perspective, uh, coming from industry and Dynatrace, 
I think we think of in user experience is uh, something different related to zero trust. So we think of we think of it differently. Mm-hmm. And I and I and I I and at odds feeling, with each other. Yeah. Well, I get the feeling more and more it's more how the end user um, how the end user navigates the security protocols and processes mm. uh, uh, to accomplish the end goal, which is not their problem of zero trust, which is the agency's problem. And so that, that the agencies think of end user experience in that light, as opposed to we think of it maybe in a different way as, as it relates to, well, I mean, somewhat the same, but mm-hmm. how, how, you know, how, you know, end users are impacted by uh, their interaction with applications on the internet and things like that. So, so I guess it's a little bit like that. Did you get the sense that that's how our government thought leaders that were speaking um, at the summit, is that how they think of it? Or do you think that's more about how industry and we as end users think of it? I think that's how we think about it. I think they think about it in the former. Yeah, the, definitely agree. The government leadership. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Willie, talk to me more about that. Yeah, so no, I I agree. I think now I, I it is interesting because I think our panel, um, and I I got to talk to the panel a little bit afterwards as well, and you know I think that. Um, Jamie, from PTO standpoint, and Nicole. Uh, just by kind of how they were, um, not just the keynote, but how we were interacting on the panel, they actually do get it. I think they see, um, for example, I, I got to have a, a great conversation with Nicole and, you know, it was one of those things where it was almost, she was kind of talked about the service that she she was trying to provide to the citizens because she was really focused on, because a lot of people who use HHS services and so forth, Medicare, Medicaid, those kind of things. They mm-hmm. might be older. They might be, you know, um, not, you know, having a very difficult process to log into a system, to get access to a system, to get your basic information. Um, you know, she seemed very sensitive to that and understanding that we have to have a better user experience. And I think I got that from Jamie, but at the same time, we talked about agencies as a whole and, and the government as a whole, and there is an issue. I mean, there's an issue where, um, you know, not just zero trust, but even before this real big push for um, uh, like shields up with CISA and, and all the, the zero trust that there was um, kind of this idea of, and I think, Mark, this is what you're getting to, they, you know, we, we build these systems. We put up, you know, our, um, you know, we put up our our authentication and, and all the things that we're going to do to protect the system, not really factoring in the customer, not really even thinking right. about it. It's just, it's about protecting the system. The idea is about the system, not really about the customer. Don't really care. We just want to make sure we protect the system. And at the, at the end of it, we might be making the system so difficult that no one can even access it. Nobody wants to take the time, the 45 minutes it takes to set up an ID and and do all the jump through all the hurdles to get to an ID. So I think that from a larger standpoint, um, and you know, just talking on the panel, they admitted that there are a lot of systems out there, a lot of public facing, you know, citizen facing systems and back end systems that need a lot of, you know, a lot more focus around the customer experience. And this, again, not just around zero trust, this is just in general about, um, um, you know, just the basic usability of the system, if that makes sense. It does. 
you know, it was, uh, I, I don't, I, I can't, can't remember if this was in, in, an, in a sidebar conversation after the event or if it was during the event that they talked about multi-factor authentication and how they were almost just forced to um, take the plunge, you know, and somebody, somebody said, we're just going to do it. And at the end of the day, they're like, oh, wow, okay, this really works. It's not that difficult. Well, and do you know what's funny is when I hear security, so zero trust is all about security to me as an end user, right? And whenever I hear security, that makes me feel a little pukey because I real what I think is (laughs) that means that my experience is going to be really awful as an end user to your point, Willie. However, Willie, you make the argument at the event that zero trust can and should make the end user, my end user experience better and make the, um, the practitioners experience better. So there's more than one end user, right? There's the end user of the systems. Then there's me trying to Mm -hmm. get into the systems and you, can you talk a little bit more about that? And did you get the sense that our government uh, speakers feel the same way that zero trust really should be a, a user experience enabler. Right. So, so that's a, an excellent point. And, and, and I do, you know, I agree with that. And I think the, you know, the panel as a whole agrees with that too, because if you, you know, again, if you look at the principles, the, the mindset around zero trust, the mindset around architecture, uh, the architecting a, a zero trust framework, um, you know, we're, it's a it's an all-encompassing type of, of scenario. It's not just like we're buying MFA or, you know, you get single sign-on and this, this, and this, and you've got zero trust. It's really a whole mindset. And I think that the idea is, and I think Nicole actually mentioned this, is that with everything they do, especially with zero trust, they're they're thinking about you know user experience at the be, you know at the beginning of the process. So um, things like multi-factor authentication, as Mark already pointed out, um, when you know, when you have a robust multi-factor setup, you know, that is going to actually enable you to make your your end user's life easier because once they log in, once they validate, you know, whatever those multiple factors that they use to validate that user, once that I can trust you or you and the device that you are on is a valid device, then now you can have access to, you know, this cloud application or you can have access to this, you know, internal system where that that authentication token can be passed around and there might still be a validation process, but it should be, you know, um, uh, external. It should be, you know, you shouldn't see it as the customer. It should all be kind of going on in the background. It's constantly validating you. Uh, so I think that that idea was there, but also I did, you know, counter though the point that yes, it should be better, but how do you know it's better? If mm-hmm. you're not measuring it, mm-hmm. if you don't understand today your customer's user experience, how do you know it's gotten better, you know, when we implement these new systems? How do you know it hasn't gotten worse? How do you know that there really isn't a problem? I, I, I gave an example um, as part of my keynote that, you know, I, I, again, I, I didn't mention the agency name, but, you know, several months ago, I tried to set up a, a multi-factor um, authentication for a, a system with some of my personal information on it. This was a, a government system. And after about 45 minutes of, you know, filling out a form, putting in my government ID, 
waiting for an I uh, uh, an identifying number to come back on my phone, which never showed up. You know, trying to go back and reestablish and and start it over again. Literally after forty five minutes, and then the system telling me to call this number to to try to do this manually. I was like, "There's no re. I, I'll I'll just go in and and do what I need to do." So again. Do I think this agency, either this agency that I was working with, either they just didn't know how bad the customer experience was or they just didn't care? And I'm, my hope is that it's just they didn't know. And, and they really it might be a little Really? Because I think it might be a little bit of both. Because, yeah. like, they have to have the security in place. And so yeah. they, like, they have to use those systems, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but they're, they're typically technical people. So. Yeah. So is Willie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But. I mean... <laughs> But I, I always, love, I love the customer. So I always focus on the customer, but no, but seriously, you know, it, th- those, you know, that's the one thing. And to your point, the agencies, it, it might be a little bit of both that, and, and let me, let me take that back. I, I know from experience, it probably is a little bit of both in that, you know, there is this idea that, okay, we have to tolerate some bit of inconvenience in, in, you know, to, um, to allow us to have a secure system to make sure we have, you know, now for, I think what I went through was the extreme. Um, mm, but you know, you could lock it? things. Well, well, so, <laughs> and that's that, unfortunately it might not be, but, but at the end of the day, the, there, there is this idea you have to tolerate this thing, but I also made the point, you know, during the keynote that, Industry has solved some of these. Like if you look at the financial sector, for example, and I use the example of um, trying to set up MFA on this government system versus setting up MFA on my my bank account. And when I was forced to do that, obviously they had tested this system, you know, you know, 15,000 times, because when I went in, by the time um, I was forced to, to, you know, go for my, you know, really insecure password. Um, and I should have better passwords, but I went from that password to having to set up my MFA. I was thinking it was going to be this long process. The bank was about to put me through this long process. It took me less than 45 seconds. It took me about a minute. And, um, most of that time was me waiting for a response back on my phone. And as soon as that was over now, literally whenever I log in, I get a text message on my phone. I hit a button. I'm logged into the system. Um, you know, those kind of things. And yeah. I think Amy um, even brought up the point that at some point we need to get away from even multi-factor and have more biometrics. You know, mm-hmm. it should become even easier. Like we have a, a thumbprint reader or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I don't want anybody to kill me for my eyeball. Yeah. So they well, can break into my you, you've been watching. You've been watching. <laughs> You're watching too much uh, Netflix. I think that's, that's our, or was that Thor? <laughs> one of the Marvel movies. I'm sure it's more than one. Well, so, Okay. So there's an article that cites a study. The article is called How Federal Agencies Can Implement a Secure and User-Friendly Zero-Trust Architecture. And it states that nearly four out of five federal cybersecurity decision makers, they know there's an urgency. They want to implement zero-trust. However, 87% of them say the White House and the OMB are pushing to move too fast. Mark, I know you have an opinion about this. So talk to me about that pushing to move too fast. Are they? Um, should they be? I, yeah, they should definitely be pushing. I think I think that, that the White House has to push fast because I feel like, you know, we're probably five years behind where we should be today to feel comfortable. Um, and if they if if they don't push, then you're gonna have 
agencies across the government be at different levels of maturity, they're going to be all over the place. And so you're going to have gaps uh, and things like that. If you leave it up to the agencies to, to go at their own pace, you know, it's kind of like the, the concept of, hey, you don't need it to be 100% perfect, but you need it to be 75% perfect. And then we'll work on the remainder of the 25% yes. that's not perfect and get it there. Um, so we're going to, we have to, to push. It was almost like, you know, the way uh, agencies, uh, you know, adjusted when the pandemic hit. They didn't have a choice. They had to deal with remote workforce. They had to do it. They had to digitally transform and modernize and it and it and it it made them do things out of their comfort zone that I think that they have to do. And so there needs to be a push. And they just need it. I feel like, you know, you when you hear experts across the government talk about this, that it's just got to be a very modular, agile approach to doing it and building it so that as technology advances and changes and things change, that they can, you know, boop, pull things in and out and they can move things around and bring things in that work together and that kind of stuff to get to where they need to be. Yeah. Done is better than perfect because perfect never gets done is one of my favorite quotes. I love it. Yeah, it's true. And you just said something I was going to ask you and Willie both like, okay, so we think that the white house should push hard. Yeah, they're pushing. And if they don't, then we're never going to get started. Um, and then you said something about, how you think we can something about um, a modular approach to do this well. So is that the sense that we got from our speakers at the summit? Is that one of the solutions that we heard from them? Willie, Mark, So, go ahead, Willie. Um, so I, I, I'm thinking in, in, you know, the, the modular approach or what I am, what I took away from, from the conversation and then also, also with the, uh, what Mark was saying is that, um, and I think it was Jamie who was kind of taking this approach of, you know, we we need to use kind of like agile development methodologies in in this process, and um, in the agile mindset, there's this idea of the MVP, the the minimal viable product, and mm-hmm. and this is really something that we you know see a lot of in the industry, kind of getting that minimum you know built product out there to get into the market to, you know, and then start iterating through, you know, functionality and fixes and so forth uh, as you, as you find them and, and improve the product, you know, rapidly, you know, rapid improvement of the product. And uh, I, I think what Jamie was kind of alluding to is this kind of idea of uh, minimal viable security, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, where you, you get that, you know, you, you've got to start somewhere. You, we can't just yeah. plan, 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 plan and nothing ever gets done, but get the minimum viable out there and then start iterating through, you know, basically building that arc, building that framework, you know, um, with a more agile type process. So you're um, really also this would impact, I think, user, um, we talked about customer experience, you know, learning from these first iterations, what worked, what didn't work, how do we make it better? Obviously, you have to make it secure enough. You don't want to just, you know, leave the gates open. You don't want to put something out there that is insecure, but you're not going to reach a, we're never going to reach a point where it's just nirvana. Everything's in place. Everything's secure. Nobody's ever, you know, going to get into our systems because that's just fallacy. I mean, there's this, uh, you know, this is an arms race. As soon as we find some way to, you know, secure a system, there are 
hundreds of thousands of hackers out there, state-sponsored ones, you know, people living in their basements, whatever, all trying to break into these systems. So it's just this kind of back and forth. So we've got to constantly iterate. We've got to constantly build um, on, you know, what's worked in the past and what didn't work in the past. That's, that's kind are, of what I took away. I think those are those are those are two things that work against each other because I I have to imagine there's a tremendous amount of pressure on your average federal government agency, CIO and CISO to do it right and to mm-hmm. plan and make sure it's right. Because in some of these agencies, they they don't have room for error. We've heard this not just on the, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the panel at the event, but we've heard this from past podcast guests that, you know, some of the these uh, agencies have a, you know, they, they can't fail. You know, yeah. and and the attacker, you know, keeps coming at them, and they 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 have no margin for error. But isn't that why we do like sandboxing, and we you know we set up yeah. staging yeah. servers, and we you know run the scenarios right, and let's fail and fail fast, and do it in a safe environment that's not out in the wild, I guess. Yeah. Um. So how can we ensure we've we've addressed this a little bit, but what are the steps to take to ensure that zero trust does not disrupt the employee user experience? Um, my personal take on it, um, and, and this is kind of what I, I talked about in my keynote, it's it's, you know, first of all, you've got to measure, you've got to observe, you've got to know what your mm-hmm. experience is. So observation. And testing, you know, something we are notoriously bad at, um, unfortunately, um, and, and we've seen this time and time again, where we don't do enough sign- uh, sufficient testing um, mm-hmm. of a new product, and and to the user experience, to like if I'm if I'm implementing a new um, um, authentication system, whatever it might be, test it, you know have simulations run you know run you know you know quality checks things that we do on from an industry standpoint we you know that's the thing that um you know i think industry can definitely help from um when it comes to helping agencies is that you know because our customer experience is though i mean that's the most important thing to us if our customers are not happy you know we we don't we don't have a customer anymore we don't have a customer because (laughs) they go somewhere else so we we have to do a lot of testing we have to do a lot of you know uh iterations to to um to make the the platforms better so i think that type of um user testing user acceptance testing and constant monitoring Mm -hmm. is something that we you know personally that's that's something i think we need to see more of what do you think mark i'd like to see and i and, and this is probably done more than I realized, but I would like to see more collaboration between industry and government. And when I say industry, I mean commercial organizations in highly regulated industries that are doing this and collaborating with government to take their best practices and see how government could use them together and vice versa. Definitely. Okay, this might be too sensitive, but to your point, Willie, about like multi-factor authentication, I've had the same experience. I'm sure you have too, Mark, where, you know, at my bank, the multi-factor authentication setup and usage is so slick and easy. Like there's no puke factor for me. So why, why can't we do that 
on our government websites? Why isn't that already being done? I don't know. Uh, I think in, in, in limited cases it is, but in too many systems that I've been on, um, it, it is not that easy. It, it is not, you know. It's not. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I can't answer the question. <laughs> I okay. Can't. But, well, but I, I, my, my, my gut feeling is, is that um, I, I'm leaning towards what Mark was, Mark was really alluding to is that um, I would say, you know, in this, and to your point, industry banks, you know, the, the, the um, companies like Amazon, AWS, because, you know, if, if you use um, any AWS services or, or services like that, where you, you log into a console and you control like your whole infrastructure, you have to think about um, when you look at those types of systems that you basically is all SaaS driven. There's a lot of sensitive information there. You would think there would be all of this security. It's going to be crazy difficult to get into. For me, getting into my, you know, an instance that I might have, you know, five or six or 10 different servers, it literally is just on my phone, an authenticator. I go in, you know, put in a, a passcode, put in my number, and it's up and running. Industry, like, you know, industries that have those type of authentication systems in place really could probably step up and help the agency say, look, this is how we did it. Do the this agencies exactly. have more regulations that kind of hobble them? Yeah, I mean, they have classified networks. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think, you know, the in an unclassified or open network, you know, that's maybe what we're talking about in a classified network. I mean, I'm It's a different ballgame. It's a yeah. different ballgame. Yeah, totally yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Before I close this out for this episode, um, any final thoughts, Mark? Um, I, um, so this was, this was really more a conversation that I had with Grant Snyder before the event than it was what he said at the event, but I'll share it anyway, because I thought it was very interesting, but Grant has spent many years in government and now he is in industry. And he said, (laughs) it was very, always interesting to him or, or maybe frustrating to him when he was in government that a lot of his former colleagues who left government went to industry and industry to were, were always coming back to him saying, Oh no, 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 no. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. You have to do it this way. You have to do it this way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he said, you know, the funny thing is now he, he catches himself doing the same thing, going back. And he said, he said, I try to just hold myself back from doing that because <laughs> I said, I know how I felt when everybody used to come, you know, back and, and visit me and tell me all this kind of stuff. And he's like, I feel the same way. I want to say, no, 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 you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. You know? And so I thought that was really interesting. Does he know why he didn't do it the way he thinks he should, the way he thinks it should be done now, why he wasn't doing it that way when he was in government? I'm sure he does. He didn't tell me. We didn't get that far. We need to get him on the podcast and I know, ask we him. Do. List we it out do. for us, Grant. <laughs> what about you, Willie? Final words here? You know, I think the one thing that stuck really stands out in my mind. I can't remember who said it. It might have been the um, it might have been Mickey, who was the my other colleague from industry. But um, he he basically was describing you know what he did as being like a customer enthusiast. That's mm. that's what he was. And yes, I'm like, I think it was Mickey. Yeah, yeah, and and, I, and that just kind of stood out to me because we all need. I mean, I think agencies. You know, in my job, you know, what I do. 
Um, I, I try to, to keep that same mindset, but I think in kind of, you know, everything we do, if we're set, if we're serving, you know, the citizen, if we're serving, you know, internal um, employees, if we're serving our customers, we need to be customer enthusiasts and we mm-hmm. need to be focused, you know, fully focused on whoever that customer is, internal, external, whatever. And I think it, it'll just make the whole, the whole system better. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I felt like our government speakers are very passionate about that. Jamie certainly was. And oh, you could just feel it with Nicole. Like like you said mm-hmm. earlier, she mm-hmm. really, really cares about her end users having a good experience and being able to get to what they need to get to. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Thank, thanks so much, you guys, for, for doing this recap reviewing your top takeaways from ATARC's Federal Breakfast Summit, Improving the User Experience in a Zero Trust World, um, which is available on demand at atark.org. Thanks to our listeners for joining. Please go listen to the talks because back to Willie and, and Mark's point, and Mark, I think you really talked about this, is we've got to partner better. And these kind of events, this is us partnering better. This is us meeting each other in the middle and, and hearing what the problems are and, and, um, figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So, so good conversations, not too long. They're bookmarked. So you can move from keynote to keynote to the panels. Willie, thanks for joining. Always a pleasure. Mark. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. Listeners, thank you. Like and share this episode. Visit dynatrace.com to learn more about how you can digitally transform your agency faster, smarter, and easier. And we will talk to you next week on Tech Transforms. Thanks for joining Tech Transforms. Please post a review, share this episode, and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.